You may not have had a chance yet to meet Reverend John Harrison, but he is an important part of our staff at Valley Presbyterian Church. During the day, Jack works as a chaplain at El Camino Hospital, and he, in that capacity, formed a wonderful friendship with our musician, Barbary Grant. And when we had a vacancy for a wedding officiant a few years ago, Barbary recommended Jack to us. And so since then, he has been officiating weddings and occasionally uh, popping in and um, has become a very dear friend and colleague to myself as well. Jack was scheduled to preach for us today on May 3rd. And instead of that, I decided to interview him about his work and what he's seeing right now and to help us understand what it's like inside the hospitals and how we can pray and be with him and with the many others who are on the front lines of the medical care facilities. So let us listen to Jack, let us listen with open hearts and let this drive us to pray and care for those who are doing such vital work right now. My name is John Harrison and I have the great pleasure of being the chaplain at El Camino Hospital uh, serving Mountain View and Los Gatos. And in my role, I also serve as the director of spiritual care. What's the, the energy in the hospital right now? How has it changed or, um, you know, are you seeing more patients? Are you seeing less patients? I'm sure there's a different, different rhythm. Uh, all surgeries have been canceled. Uh, uh, only emergency surgeries are happening. Um, I've noticed that the emergency department uh, are not get, uh, typically there would be 150 uh, visits in the course of the day. Uh, one day last week we had 60. Okay, uh, and, but those who do come to the emergency department are really, really ill. Uh, there's a prevailing concern in the community, I believe. People are not going to hospitals. I think the same sense of fear. This is one of the safest places to be. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm here every day and I come in on the weekend as, as needed. And um, it's much safer in the hospital than in any other environment mm -hmm. uh, because of all the protocols and, and eyes on the prize, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, I, would, I would describe the atmosphere in the hospital of being while it's better now than it has been, it is tense. Uh, it, it is tense. Uh, almost as if those of us who are here have inhaled and we're waiting for permission to exhale. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you're, you're feeling what the society's feeling in a more intense way, right? I think we're all holding our breath and not sure if we can exhale and if we do what that's gonna look like. Yeah. It will yeah. be too soon. No one wants to risk exhaling too soon. So exactly. wonderful metaphor that you're right in the middle of. Yeah. We've been very fortunate at El Camino uh, a lot of colleagues and institutions across the nation uh, run into um, problems with lack of supplies and materials and so on. We've been very blessed that has not been our that has not been our concern. We're being judicious in the use of these things, but that's you know that's being a good steward. But uh, 
we've, we've not had all of the challenges that our colleagues have had. Things now at the hospital are, uh, well, I've never seen it in such a way. I've, I've worked at Stanford Medical Center. I've worked for John Muir. Um, I've done consultant work for um, other hospitals in the, in, the, in the area. And this is something new. There's a certain, there's a particular uncertainty that's thick in the air. It's something that's impacting patients, their families, but also staff, frontline nurses, uh, the doctors, certainly, but even the transporters mm -hmm. or the EVS workers who have to put on the full suits and go in the room and clean up, the people who deliver meals, everyone is impacted in the same way around this. And that's, this is where um, I think an extension of my role comes up. I'm always connecting with people. And that's what I love about ministry is you're, you're, you're with people. But this is, this is a little bit different. I think I mentioned to you earlier, Jenny, in conversation that I'm finding now that because of fear of the unknown, people have not necessarily lost their faith, but they've put their faith on the back burner and they're leaning more into the uncertainty and doubt than the certainty of their faith. And this is where uh, those of us who are ministering to, to, to others get to hold faith for people. We get to listen to their doubts. We get to listen to their uncertainty. We get to listen to their fears. Uh, and assure them that, it, that the feelings are normal and, and, and it's, it's, it's right. And not to judge uh, when they're leaning into the darker emotions and just hold it. And then by gosh, when there's opportunity to have prayer with people, to use the language of faith to help articulate for them the feelings that they're going through. Uh, it's, it's just a time that's unlike any other. How can we pray for you and pray for all of those who are on the front lines in our medical system right now? Um, certainly to pray for our strength, uh, to pray for continued health, mm -hmm. uh, and pray for the strengthening of our spirits. It's um, in my role, it's very common for me to be at bedside offering prayers as people transition and to be able to comfort families in that moment. But what's different about that now is that families are not allowed in the hospital and people are still dying. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes uh, at that point, family can't be reached by, by phone. I've been using to great advantage Zoom and uh, on some occasions with the family's permission, we've, we've done uh, FaceTime calls and so on. Um, the prayer around this would be to sustain us all through that extra measure of sorrow that this time is bringing. It really can be heartbreaking. To, to offer prayers and then hold the phone down so that 
people can see their loved ones and invite them to make their final statements to them, knowing full well that once their intubation has been removed, the transition will be swift. It, it, do, it can take a toll. So please pray for strength for all of us. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think so many of us are brokenhearted by, by that um, scenario that's playing out all over the world. And um, I'm so grateful you're able to be there and make those vital connections at that time. So uh, we will hold you in prayer and know that we're there with you and praying with you. So how about for you? How are you finding yourself in the midst of that? And um, what's this like for you? Well, I'm thrilled to be able to say to you that I'm maintaining um, on a very personal note, I manage depression and anxiety uh, through, uh, through clinical visits and medications. Mm -hmm. And one of the concerns that I had uh, coming into this pandemic was the volume of work uh, the, the, the emotional crush that have affected others and the impact that might have on me. But um, I've been doing self-care. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of working a nine, 10 hour day, I'm very conscientious. I'm logging seven hours every day. Mm -hmm. I go home, I go home promptly at three o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, I, I spend, well, obviously, we're, we're spending time as a family because we're all home. It's highlighting the intentionality that we need to live our lives in that we sometimes can let go because we're so busy and so distracted. But right now there's just, what do you have to do and how are you taking care of yourself? And really there's, how are you attending to your closest relationships? And uh, so there's a, there's a winnowing down of this time to focus on, on those essentials in our lives. Um, attending to our call and attending to ourselves and attending to our loved ones and attending to our spirit too. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be airing this on May 3rd, which is the day you were scheduled to preach for me. Amen. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you were preaching to us that day, what would you say? Oh, okay. Um, looking at the world that we're living in now with uh, deaths in numbers that we've never even would imagine, not only in this country, but throughout the world. Um, looking at this sense of not knowing what the future holds, I would turn to the book of Joshua uh, in the first chapter, we're told that Moses, the servant of the Lord, had died, and the people were beside themselves. And the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Be strong and be of good courage, for as I have been with Moses, so I will be with you. Only be thou strong and of good courage. And that would be the, that would be, that would be my message. 
that we are certainly going through good times, uh, uh, hard times, but the Lord that we serve, the God that we serve, is not going to abandon us, just as that same God has been with our mothers and fathers and grandparents and forefathers and mothers, that same God that brought them through adversity is standing with us to carry us through. Sometimes we have to go through the valley overshadowed by death and it's a frightening thing. No one ever thinks about the fact that there are times when instead of journeying through the valley, you're tired and you just have to sit down in the midst of all of that. Well, even when we sit down, God is there to encourage us. And then I would stop and let you take the offering. <laughs> I'm happy to be preached to, especially by you. So thank you. Yeah. Bless you.